Well, what we are going to do as we are going through the Gospel of Mark, what we are going to do a little bit different today is we are going to fast forward, all right? Just for this Sunday, just for next Sunday, uh, because I want to uh, focus specifically on Palm Sunday and Easter Sunday. And so today, instead of continuing in chapter 2, we are actually going to jump ahead to Mark chapter 11, and we're going to be looking at the first 11 verses of chapter uh, 11, first 11 verses of chapter 11 of the book of Mark. And so I want to begin uh, with an illustration. And so Back in 1974, Burger King, how many of you like Burger King? How many of you prefer flame boiled over, okay? How many of you are like, I don't like any of that stuff, and so, okay, don't. Burger King, back in 1974, designed a brand new ad campaign for their business. And what they did is they were they designed this with the hopes that it would push their sales higher in an effort to knock off the industry leader uh, by the name of McDonald's. And so with their slogan, their campaign, this became quickly embraced as a spirit of independent America. And so I happen to have one of the commercials that they did, and I want to show this commercial to you real quick. So guys, roll this commercial. It's up there. Just push on it. It should play. remember that commercial but I remember the slogan more than anything have it your way have it your way when they did this back in 1974 it has since then become what I would consider to be an unofficial amendment to the American Bill of Rights we want it our way, don't we? And actually, we want it now. I want it my way, and I want it now. Well, nearly 2,000 years ago, a group of people lined the streets of Jerusalem as a carpenter's son arrived for the Passover. Though they waved palm branches as we saw illustrated today. And they yelled Hosanna, and they shouted praises. Everyone standing out as Jesus rode in that day on the donkey had their own idea of who he was 
and what he should be. You see, they all wanted Jesus, but what's interesting about it is they wanted him their way. He want, they wanted him to come and be the Messiah, to be the Savior that they, in their mind, in their understanding, in their desire, wanted him to be. And so today what I want to talk about is just for a couple minutes, I want to talk about the reality that on this Palm Sunday, we are celebrating and we are in the understanding that because Jesus Christ came, we don't have it our way. But because we can have it his way, we can experience victory. Amen? Amen. Amen. All right, so let's read Mark chapter 11, verses 1 through 11. I'm not exactly sure how long this jacket is going to last because it's already getting hot up here. All right, but let's go ahead and throw that up there. It says, When they approached Jerusalem at Bethphage and Bethany near the Mount of Olives, he sent two of his disciples and told them, Go into the village ahead of you. As soon as you enter it, you will find a colt tied there on which no one has ever sat. Untie it. If anyone says to you, Why are you doing this? Say, The Lord needs it, and we'll send it back here right away. So they went and they found a colt outside in the street, tied by a door they untied it and some of those standing there said to them what are you doing i added that for emphasis i don't know if they said it like that what are you doing untying the colt and they answered them just as jesus had said so they let them go they brought the donkey to jesus and threw their clothes on it and he sat on it Many people spread their clothes on the road, and others spread leafy branches cut from the fields. Those who went ahead, those leafy branches, by the way, are palm branches, okay? Just wanted to make sure you knew that. Okay. Those who went ahead and those who followed shouted, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the coming kingdom of our father David. Hosanna in the highest heaven. He went into Jerusalem and into the temple. After looking around at everything, since it was already late, he went out to Bethany. And we go from there. He went out to Bethany with the 12. You see, what I want you to grab a hold of first today is that celebrating Palm Sunday means accepting the fact that we cannot have it our way. As a matter of fact, we should not want it our way. One of the things I really love about Holy Week is the truth that Jesus, as he came into the city, he refused to be forced into the, uh, into the, the box. Remember I talked about the box last week? He refused to be forced into the other people's idea of who he should be. And I'm going to tell you right now, 
That's a rare thing to find in our society as a whole, isn't it? It is. Because I, I don't mean to be like negative, but oftentimes we are surrounded and we ourselves, if we're not careful, become conformist a lot. And, and, and we, 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 don't, we, don't, uh, we don't push back against because, quite honestly, we want to fit in. We want people to accept us. We want people to, to love us and, and to embrace us and surround us. And so what we are seeing Jesus do here in this passage is rare because most of us are molded by what other people want us to be, not what Jesus wants us to be. You see, I think it's cool because what Jesus does here is he doesn't let people have it their way. When it comes to relating to him, he tells them, it's my way. This is the way we're going to do it. And so this morning, what I want to do just for a couple minutes is I want to explore this and I want to talk about this. Because you see, having it our way with Jesus implies we get to define his role in our lives. And I just want you to know, we do not, I can't keep this thing on. We cannot, and I can't do this. The first thing I want to I want to share is. When we, when we have it our way, or when we think that we should have it our way, what that implies, what that says, is that we think that we ought to be able to define or redefine the role of Jesus in our lives. And that is not true. You see, on that day when Jesus rode into the city, numerous people, numerous individuals, they were lining the streets, each one seeking to force Jesus to fit into their idea of who he should be. And as I thought about this, I thought about all the different people that could have been lined up along the, along the road that day. I'm sure that there were, there were some that were lined up on the road that day, some who had heard him maybe over by the seashore, or, or maybe they'd heard him talk uh, on, the, on the mountainside, and they'd heard him talk about you know, things like loving your enemies and, and, and talking about you know, practicing forgiveness and, and and how he, he loved uh, those who, for others, would seem to be unlovable. And, and as I imagine that day, there were some that were standing along the side of the road, and they loved to just listen to Jesus teach. And they loved his wisdom. And as long as he was just a teacher, they could accept him. You see... For Jesus, teaching wasn't enough. I want you to know that, right? But there were some along the road that day that when they saw Jesus riding on the donker, donkey, they thought, we're having a rough one today, aren't we? <laughs> what they saw 
is they saw a donkey. <laughs> All right, guys, listen, this is fun, but you know what? We got to pray. All right? Wow. Uh, God, I love you so much. And Lord, my prayer more than anything here today is, Lord, that you would be magnified, that you would be glorified. Lord, I pray that any kind of anxiety, any kind of nervousness that I have right now, Lord, that you would resolve that and remind me that you are in control. And Lord, I pray more than anything that the words that come out of my day would glorify and magnify you. And Lord, we give this to you. And I pray this in your precious name. And everyone says, Amen. Amen. So I imagine that day, some folks who were standing along the road that day, as Jesus passed by, what they saw was they saw a wonderful teacher. They saw an elegant speaker. They saw someone who spoke things that resonated with what they were feeling. They saw someone whose words softened their hearts and brought peace in their minds. But what they saw was a teacher. You see, I think about that. Even today, the most common way that people try to force Jesus to fit into their way is to say things like, you know what? He was a good teacher. He was a, a great moral man. He was a great teacher who taught tolerance and love. You see, I can accept him as a teacher. And you see, there are some folks even today who don't see him as Lord and Savior. They see him as a good teacher, but they won't accept the fact that the Father up above sent him, his Son, to bring salvation to us. I imagine that day as Jesus rode in on the donkey that there were some who were standing along the side of the road that were conformist the scribes or maybe the Pharisees, maybe some of the other religious leaders, they all wanted Jesus to conform to their idea of how he should be, how he should act, what he should teach, what he should do. They had had numerous discussions with him, and each one hoped that as he came into the city, that he was going to conform to their religious ideas and views. But we know Jesus wasn't going to do that. And as I think about that, and I look at people in the world today, and I look at even some of us sitting in this room right now, you know, we still want Jesus to conform to our ideas and our lifestyles. We want Jesus not to, not to challenge us to be different, to be transformed. What we want is we want a Jesus that looks at us and says, what you're doing is okay. You just do whatever you want, and I'm okay with that. You see, we don't want a Savior who's actually going to challenge us 
to do something different or who's going to dictate to us what we should or shouldn't do or, or what we should approve or not approve of. You see, in that crowd that day, there were some that wanted him to conform to their ideas. And there are even those of us today. I struggle with this at times myself. We want him to conform to the way I think, to the way I want, instead of us being transformed by him. And he wouldn't do it. As he rode on that donkey that day into the city, there were revolutionaries standing in the crowd that day. There were those who were waving those branches. They were zealots who were excited to see Jesus as he arrived in Jerusalem. They had longed to see the Messiah overthrow their opposing enemy. And they wanted the Roman occupation to end. They envisioned Jesus as the head of a mighty army that would usurp power for the, from their oppressors and bring about the kingdom of God. They imagined and saw a king riding in that was going to walk up to Caesar and knock him off his throne. But he wouldn't do that. And today, even amongst us, there are many that want Jesus to be their leader supporting their opposition to the government or to culture. And they want to see him force himself upon others so that their causes can be enacted in Congress and in all of the different realms of the world that we live in. And he will not be that. As Jesus rose in on the donkey that day, there were those standing in the crowd who were disciplinarians. Some in the crowd on that day longed to see Jesus rebuke the sinners and condemn the unrighteous. My grandfather came out there for a second. And they longed to see him dole out punishment among, uh, upon the guilty and upon the immoral, upon those whose lifestyles were impure. He was, they wanted him to bring the wrath of God down on those who were sinful. But he didn't. Some today even want to see that happen. It's so amazing to me how we are so easy at times to pass judgment. But it's so difficult for us to love with compassion the way that Christ unconditionally loves us. Some that day wanted a wonder worker. Some in the crowd that day, they showed up believing he was going to do this wonder work, that he was going to be the feeder of thousands and the healer of the infirmity, that he was going to cause just massive healing and, 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 and magic and crazy things all over. They were waiting for the next trick. 
They wanted him to be a performer. What would they benefit from it? What would be their blessing that day? But let me just fill you in on something, folks. On that day, he wasn't their genie in a bottle. And today, he's not a genie in the bottle. You see, there are still some who long for him to be their personal wonder worker, to fill their lives with abundance and wealth. I talk about the false gospels that we preach so often, the prosperity gospel and the right gospel and the what's in it for me gospel and how can I get my next fix gospel. We still long for that in some ways. But that's not what Jesus came to do. It's not about me. It's not about us. It's about his kingdom. It's about his glory. You see, when he said, when you've done it unto the least of me, you've done it unto me, what a challenge to us. The reality that it's not about us, it's about those that he has given us to love and make a difference, and through our love, his work is accomplished in his kingdom. Have it your way. No. Have it his way. Amen? You see, having Jesus Christ means letting him, letting the Father have his way in our life. You see, lessons were about to be learned by all who knew Jesus. He was about to demonstrate how much he wants a relationship with us. He's about to prove to the world that his love is so great, he's willing to make the ultimate sacrifice. You see, we're at the beginning of the week, at the end of the week, we're going to understand clearly. We're going to understand fully as he lays his life down so that we can be set free. Amen? Amen. So let me just talk to you just for a minute or two about what happens when God has it his way. What happens in your life? What happens in our lives? What happens in the church? What happens in the world that we live in when God has it his way? Well, the first thing that happens, and I think this is very important for us to talk about, and I know we don't talk about this enough in the church, but I think we need to talk about it more, is that, listen, when God has it his way, sin cannot be overlooked. When God has it his way, we are created, yes, with free will. We are created with the ability to make a choice, all right? We can either choose to follow him or we can choose to follow ourselves. We will eventually, someday, stand in judgment for the decisions that we make in this life. And we have to understand that when God has it his way, sin cannot be overlooked. 
And I'm not talking, you know, I, I find it interesting that in the church, I'm going to get all, I'm going to get crazy here for a second, but I find it interesting in the church that oftentimes we focus on what we consider to be the major sins, you know? You know what those major sins are? Major, we, in the church, we call major sins like, well, you know, drinking and smoking and uh, wearing sport coats on Sunday morning. I threw that in. We see sin as being things like, you don't tithe, that's a sin. Or we look at, you know, we look at back in one point, if, if your hair was too long, that was a sin if you were a guy. If you, you know, in the church of God, did you know this? I, I, I got to share this real quick. One time in the church of God, we had what was called the necktie controversy. I'm not kidding. You know what the necktie controversy was? If you wore a necktie to the church on Sunday mornings, you were bringing the world into the church. And that was a sin. Ever since I learned about that, I don't wear a necktie. <laughs> Can I tell you something? We focus on all the wrong sins way too often as followers. Because you see, you know what I think the greatest sin that we can commit? The greatest sin, first of all, that we commit is not loving others the way he has loved us. Let's talk about that sin for a second. Let's talk about compassion. Let's talk about the least of least. Let's talk about those that we come in contact with in life that maybe don't see things the way we see, that maybe don't live the way we think they ought to live or the way that we see is right. And I'm not saying that there isn't right and there isn't wrong, and I'm not saying that I don't base my life upon Scripture because I do. But let me tell you something. Our number one calling as disciples of Jesus Christ is to love every single person that God places in our path with the love that he first showed us. There is not one of us in this room today that if we were going to get to heaven on our own ability and merit would make it. Sorry. None of us. We need to start looking at the real sin that is surrounding us. And all of the things I'm talking about, those other things I had fun with, yeah, that's sin. I mean, I'm not saying that that's not sin and there's not sin involved and there's not, but what I'm talking about is the fact that there's a lot of sin that we just ignore. that is causing people every single day to spend eternity separated from Christ because we as followers of Jesus Christ are not doing what we ought to be doing. 
In Matthew chapter 7, I talk about this all the time where it says there's going to come a day when there are going to be those who stand before the Lord and they're going to say, but I did this and I did this and I did this in your name and he's going to say, I never knew you. In my brain, I hear him saying, but I came to church every Sunday. I put a tithe check in the church every Sunday. I served some way every Sunday. I was a greeter at the front door every Sunday. What do you mean I don't get to get in? I'm a card-carrying Church of God member. That's not a real thing. <laughs> you know what my greatest fear is? Is that there's going to be a day when I stand before the Lord and Jesus says to me, you know what, Steve? And there was this guy that was broken. His heart was destroyed. His world was shattered. And you didn't see him as a human being. All you saw was the brokenness and the sin of his life. And you had an opportunity to love him the way I love you. And you didn't do it. That's the fear I have. I shared with the group yesterday when I was down at the discipleship conference. Uh, you know, I ask people all the time. It's one of our discipleship things here. How are you doing loving people God places in your life? I ask it every Wednesday night in our big group. And can I just tell you, I get different answers every week, man. Some are good answers. Some of the, I, if, if there's one thing we have here at Life for Church, we have honest people. Because some, some Wednesday nights I'll say, how are you doing loving the people God plays in your life? People are like, I love everybody. It's so wonderful. They're great. And then sometimes I'll get somebody and be like, this week was hard. I want to kill my kid. You know. I was getting ready. I was getting ready to go to teach my first session yesterday. And I got up at like, well, I really didn't go to bed. I went, I went down there Friday night to spend the night, but I didn't really sleep. I, I get a hotel room. My wife's not with me, so I don't sleep anyway. You know, and hotel beds are, you know. So I got up at like 4 o'clock in the morning, got myself ready, kind of did everything I was doing, you know, did my devotions, did slow, you know, looked over everything, drank some coffee, you know, drank some more coffee and got some more coffee and drank that. And I went, and I'm on my way, and I had to stop at the store to buy a couple things for my class, and so I stopped. You ever get, you ever get to Walmart, and you get in line, and the cashier is the slowest thing? <laughs> this happened to me. And I'm standing three people back, and there's like, they got like, carts full of stuff and I've got three things and first of all I'm like Jesus why won't they let me go ahead of them they they don't love you the way I do I would have let me go ahead and I'm standing back there and the person I'm not even going to tell you their gender but the person who was scanning this is the way they were scanning this is the item they go After about two minutes of that, I'm standing back here watching. I'm like doing this. I'm going. <laughs> All of a 
a sudden, Jesus starts speaking in my ear. Hey, Steve, you getting ready to go talk to a bunch of people about what it means to love like I love you. <laughs> really? Right now? I'm going to do your work, and they're stopping me. How are you going to show the love? And so I'm standing back there, and I'm like this, and I'm like this, like that. And he starts talking in my ear, and finally I'm like, oh, man. And so I do this. <laughs> and I got up to the line, and I finally got up, and I scanned my stuff, too. And I said, how are you doing today? <laughs> and this lady, oh, I said it was a lady. <laughs> this person said, well, you know, I'm doing good. Thank you for asking. And I was like, that's awesome. <laughs> and I walked out. The greatest sin that we can commit and there is nothing more important in our lives. There is nothing more special than the people that God places in our lives to show his love. You see, when God has it his way, we cannot overlook the sin in our lives. We have to make things right. When God has it his way, we cannot deny the love that he has given us. We have to show the love of Jesus Christ to every single person that he places in our life. When we, when we are in this world and we truly live the way Jesus has called us to live, we must love the way Jesus calls us to love. And I am broken every single time I mess that up. Because I never want to be the reason why someone in my life doesn't experience the love of Jesus through me. You see, when God has it his way, Sin can't be overlooked. Love cannot be denied. But let me just tell you something else that you need to grab a hold of. When God has it his way, there's going to be sacrifice. He's going to call us to do things that we're not comfortable with. He's going to call us to places that we would never go on our own. He's going to call us to do things that are going to hurt at times but he will always be there with us. And the reality of it is, as we wrap this message up today, is that when God has it his way, we cannot avoid the cross. We cannot avoid the reality that Jesus went to the cross and paid the ultimate price for every single one of us in this room today. And because of the sacrifice that he made, you and I can be set free. 
You see, as we begin this Easter week on this Palm Sunday, we may start this week today thinking that we should have it our way. But I want you to know today, whether you come here every single Sunday or this is the first Sunday you've ever stepped in the building, you really don't want it your way. Because his way is so much better. And in his way, the world is transformed through his love. And let me tell you something. His love, based on his word, covers a multitude of sin. This morning, my question to you is how much longer are you going to try to get him to do it your way? I want to encourage you today to surrender yourself to him so that you can experience the victory that comes from him having first place in your life. Amen? Amen. Let's all stand. Man, I'm so thankful for you being here today. Band, come up. We're going to lead us in a closing song. Let me just tell you a couple things that are going to happen here in the next few moments. The band is going to lead us in a song. And here at Lifebrook Church, we have altars up here that we would love. Uh, if you would like to pray or you would like to spend some quiet time with the Lord, we'd love for you to come up and take the time and spend some time up here with him. Uh, if you want to do that by yourself, you just come up here and you just uh, kneel down and you just pray. But if you come up here and you would like somebody to pray with you, all I'm going to do this morning is I'm going to ask you just to kind of just lift your hand a little bit and we'll be watching. All of those of you who come up and pray at the altar and pray with people, you watch. If any hands go up, I want you to be up here praying with them. Also, I want to share with you that Lifebrook Church offers communion every single Sunday. It's set up on both sides here, and there are some back there. If there are folks in this room who cannot get up here, cannot walk, if you just raise your hand where you're at, somebody will bring communion to you. But I want to challenge you to spend some time with the Lord. Remember, when you take communion, you take it because of what he has done for you. And the, the scripture calls for us to be in right relationship to do that. And so I would encourage you to spend some time in prayer. More than anything, I want these next couple moments to be a time of worship and celebration for how awesome God is. Can you do that with me this morning? Amen. God, we love you, and I just ask that this final moment here today would be a moment of lifting and praising you, Lord. Lord, we thank you for the blessings that you give to us, and Lord, as we bring closure through the song to this service, Lord, I thank you for the baptisms that we're going to do after that, and Lord, I celebrate with those who are here today uh, that are going to be baptized and those who have come to be a part of this celebration. God, you're awesome, and we love you so much. And I thank you for all you do for us. In your name I pray, amen.
Amen. Well, go ahead and have a seat, because on that note, it's time to do some baptisms. Amen? Amen. All right, I'm looking for a little man by the name of Lucas. Lucas, where you at, buddy? All right. I put extra ice cubes in there for you, okay? All right. So this little guy right here, this is, this is DJ. This is Dad right here. Everybody say hi, DJ. Hi. This guy came into my office, sat down with me. Mom and Dad were not with him. And I began to ask him, so I hear you want to be baptized. He goes, yep. He said it like that, too. Yep. And... I asked him then to proceed to explain to me why he wanted to be baptized and what baptism meant. And this dude rattled off a theological commentary to me. Sort of. <laughs> but it was very evident to me without a shadow of a doubt that this young man knows exactly what he's doing today. He is a disciple of Jesus Christ. He has made a commitment to live his life for Jesus. He knows that that is a path that is not easy. He knows that there are going to be challenges. He knows that there's going to be days when it's going to be easy, and there's going to be days when it's not so easy. He knows there's going to be days when he's going to do it right, and there's going to be a day or two when he gets it wrong, right? But not too often, right? And he wants you to know today that he is a disciple of Jesus Christ. And that is what he is up here to do today. 